welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, and today I've got a wonderful guest. It's a male guest. I don't get many male guests on on the show, but it's always wonderful to get a male perspective when I do. His name is Terrain. He's the Behind the Shades show host, and I want you to give a good warm welcome to Terrain. Thank you, Lynn. I am very happy, very excited to be here with you today. Excellent. And Terrain, you work mainly with women who are at risk. Just explain a little bit about what you mean by that and uh, give us a bit of a, a background about you and who you are. Absolutely. So what I do is I work with women who have survived domestic violence, um, sexual and physical assault. And these women are still looking for love in all the right places, even though they may have found it in all the wrong places previously. So hopefully since they've been working with me, they've found success and hopefully they continue to do so. A little bit of background about me is I love helping people. That's why I started doing what I'm doing. That's why I continue to do what I do. And if there's anyone out there who's looking for love, I may not be able to offer myself as a solution directly, <laughs> but maybe I can oh, help <laughs> you find love somewhere else. <laughs> I can let the viewers know who haven't got a visual that he's a very attractive guy. So, yeah, you're missing out there if he's not available. But <laughs> on a more serious note, Terrain, um, do you find it um, a barrier at all, you know, with you being a male? Because obviously women who have been at risk or are at risk usually are so at the hands of men. Yes. Um, in the beginning, I can definitely sense probably some hesitation because I may represent everything that has gone wrong in their life. But the beautiful thing about that, Lynn, is when they begin to trust me, they trust me completely because I am that light in a world that has been very dark to them. And then they start talking to me as well as, hmm. If there's a good man like Terrain out there, maybe there's five other good men. Maybe there's 10. Maybe there's 100. Maybe there's 1,000. So I would definitely take on that task of being the representation of everything that can be good in a man in this world today. Love that response. It's a great answer because, you know, a lot of women are very distrustful of men if they've been, you know, abused or assaulted in the past, aren't they? They are. They are. And it is a cold world. And one thing I like to remind the people that I assist and maybe even your listeners can relate to this is that when you're down on your luck, when you're struggling, when you are going through hard times, it seems like the world does not care about you. You're just another number. You are Lynn's number one and I'm number two amongst seven billion plus people. But there are still people out there that are willing to help us climb back on our feet every time we get knocked down and I love that I can play a part in the journey of the women who I deal with and for the men out there I haven't forgot you either too I'm looking to help you guys as well so 
what what inspired you to get into this particular niche well, growing up, I was um, someone that always felt a need about charity because I grew up very poor. And I grew up in a situation where there wasn't as many resources today as back then. And there wasn't people out there who were able to help, maybe because of their financial situation or their emotional dedication, whatever the reason was. So when I started to grow up and when I hit my teens, I started to give talks in the church. I started to read the Bible and things of that nature. And I saw the impact that it had when you give people hope. Hope is our most valuable currency next to time. And then once I began to realize that, I said, this is my true calling. Because I felt it in my mind, body, and soul. And that's how I got started in doing what I'm currently doing now. Wow. Now that's uh, so impactful. Thank you for sharing that. Um and have you yourself ever been through any past trauma that you're willing to talk about yourself? I have. In my 20s, I was someone that I was able to get relationships, but they weren't people that were um, going to last long term. And the woman I wanted, every time I asked them out, they're like, no, they would give me a thousand reasons, right? I was that skinny, nerdy guy that couldn't get a date to save his life. And let alone, I'd even have two nickels to my name. But what I started to do, and this is something that I think we lost the art of, I started to communicate. I started to ask the women that were turning me down and say, hey, good looking girl number one, what is the type of guy that you want? Good looking girl number two, what is the type of girl, what is the type of man that you'd want? What does he look like? What does he bring? What does he offer? And I began to understand women. And this was helpful because I grew up raised by my grandmother. I didn't know my parents growing up. So I began to gravitate towards older women and older women started to give me what we would call, quote unquote, the game. And as I understood this, I started to learn from older men. And this prevented me from continuing the trauma that I had because no one likes to be rejected. No one likes to be in a relationship that is going nowhere. So once I was able to overcome that trauma, of rejection, the fear of asking. That's how bad it got, Lynn, where I would see you walking down the street and I'm like, nine other Lynn's told me no. Can this be the one? Or is she going to be number 10 that tells me no? So that was something that I had to work with in my early years. But in my 30s now, I have the confidence. I know exactly what I want, how to get it, and how, more importantly, to talk to women. And what do you find is the most common... Um, I suppose, issue or problem that faces the women that you help today? Letting go of the past. The past, for many people in, is our prison. And I try to help women not to be imprisoned by the actions of a few people that um, weren't good for them or weren't good people overall. And that's one thing that they've struggled with is understanding that Johnny down the street, how he looks, how he behaves, doesn't mean that he's a representation of all men. He's a representation of a small minority, but helping them get through their past, understanding it, resolving it, and moving forward, that's probably the number one obstacle in the woman I deal with. Yeah, because isn't it the case that we're quite often totally unaware that by hanging on to the past, we're giving our power away, aren't we? 
We are. Like, I'll give you an example. So there's someone that um, that I know that she had a bad experience with, with a certain type of man. And she felt that it has influenced her in a way to view men that look like this person, that speaks like this person, that in some cases, Lynn, even has the same name as this person. She'll tell me, Train, any man that has this name, I will not date. <laughs> really? Whoa. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, what's, what does that name mean to you? And that's where you have to have that conversation because that's why, thank God, my name is Terrain. There's no one else on this planet that has that name. So there isn't like another person that can mess it up for me. But in all seriousness, that's that's what it is. We have to make sure that we're not um, living in the past. You want to learn from it, grow from it, but you don't want to live in it. The only time you should look back, Lynn, is when you're checking your backseat for the luggage when you're going on your vacation. Yeah, absolutely. Hundred <laughs> percent agree with that. And you know, and our past doesn't define our future, does it? No, no, no. Um, it will. It can control your future if you don't get a control of it, but it won't define your your future. And I think that's sometimes um a, a challenge for some women that have been through past trauma. You know, be it assaults or um domestic violence or whatever that might be um to get the head around that they they don't necessarily have to keep repeating those same patterns that they've been repeating up until the point where they're getting that awareness and that help that is 100 true like love is such a fragile but beautiful thing and it's much like us we're fragile we get sick we get broken we get damaged but each and every one of us is an object of love. We have so much love inside us. Why deny sharing that love and being fulfilled by it? And I know for me, because I am one of those women that you're talking about, um, I found for me what was difficult when I entered and met my uh, then-to-be husband. Um, I was 26, nearly 27 at the time. And... Um, you know, he was a good man, very good man. We were together for 23 years. But I found within that relationship, my heart was closed. You know, and, and I didn't even realize until I was actually out of that relationship till, and it was me that that ended it because I just felt, um, got to a point where I felt unfulfilled and I didn't know why. And I then realized, you know, by working on myself that part of the reason was my own self getting in the way. <laughs> Yes, unfortunately, many of us have unknowingly gone into relationships incomplete and looking for, for fulfillment in ways that maybe we couldn't offer ourselves. And one of the examples I like to give to the women I work with is when you go shopping and you're looking for, let's say, looking for a microwave or looking for something in a boxed item. You don't go there and say that I want to get the item that's open, that's damaged, that has tape all around it. You want to go with something that's very nicely sealed, that looks brand new and things like that, right? So yeah. we want to be as brand new as possible, right? Because when we go into our thrift store, our expectations are a little bit lower. We understand the state of mind that some of these items have been used before. Some of these items have been donated. So our expectations are a little bit different. But when you go into a store, a commercial box store, we expect things to be in order, brand new, not used fully functional. 
And that's where we have to be. Are we brand new or are we an item on the clearance rack? No one wants to be clearance, right, Lynn? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that metaphor. It's very good. Yes, yes. It's um. Sometimes you want to make it as relatable as, as possible because sometimes we come across as preacher, right? Mm -hmm. Go to school, get married, have two kids, get a white picket fence and a dog, and you'll live happily ever after. But you better hope your children love you because when you're old and gray, someone has to take care of you. We want to make it a little bit more relatable and say, hey, there are some of the things we do in our life every day that is very similar to our relationships. For example, work. One of the most toxic relationships you'll ever have is as is at work. Like your boss will treat you a certain way that you would let no man or woman treat you. Right. So if you're willing to accept certain things for money, are you also able to accept those same things for love? That's a question we need to answer and ask ourselves. Yeah, most certainly. I, I realized for me that, um, you know, all I wanted in a relationship at the point that I met my husband was um, to feel safe, secure and protected. And that was enough for me for 23 years. And I didn't realize, you know, that um, in that relationship, I was quite confused, um, cold at times, quite frigid at times. And my heart was, as I say, quite closed off. Uh, I didn't realize how that was contributing to me not feeling fulfilled in that relationship and feeling like there was something missing to the extent in the end that I left that relationship. Yeah. If you, if you go into a relationship closed off, then you're closing, you're not providing something that is so innate to each and every one of us, right? Like one of the worst punishments that you can ever give a human being is isolation, right? Because when someone commits a crime, we put them in jail and when they're too, um, criminal for that jail we isolate them the worst punishment outside of the death penalty is self-confinement is solitary confinement so why would we choose that for ourselves when we lock ourselves off when we close ourselves off to something so beautiful and that's what i try to teach people open up your heart yes there's risk there's risk to everything you're getting your car you can get into an accident you cross the street you can get hit by a car you eat a food you can choke you buy something you go for dinner you can get food poisoning there's risk to everything, but the reward in companionship, love is such a beautiful, beautiful thing, which is something that you can't even put a value on. So why not risk it all for love and companionship? Yeah, I've learned that lesson and it took me a long time, I have to say. And um, uh, I do have a very open heart now and I am definitely willing to take the risk for love and know that you know it does attract relationships that are fulfilling are alive and you know have an and enjoy intimacy at a higher level and um that for me has been the great payoff you know that taking that risk has has really helped me understand the value of love and all it can be in terms of living that fulfilling life within a really healthy relationship. I think the world got a glimpse of how life can be without that warmth of love. In 2020, 2021, many of us experienced the lockdowns and the quarantines. Yeah. Uh, and we lived in a world where you couldn't hug, you couldn't go see people, you couldn't embrace the same way. And some of us have come out of that even colder 
where we don't want to interact. So I'm so happy to hear, Lynn, that you've opened up your heart and you found exactly what you're looking for, because that's what I want for every single person on this earth. I think, you know, I've been through all this, all the, all the scenarios I've been through, um, you know, having my heart very closed off and also, you know, been through the phases previous to meeting my husband. Um, I've been very needy, you know, and being the opposite and, and being a, a big people pleaser and having lack of self-worth and lack of um, self-love uh, and low self-esteem, uh, even though I'm an intelligent woman. Um, I was attracting all sorts of relationships and some of those relationships were good, but then I'd self-sabotage those, you know, on the back of those um, unhealthy feelings about myself. And what made you come to that conclusion that you were self-sabotaging these relationships? Um, I think I was naturally, I've always been a curious about human behavior and I'm naturally, you know, um, somebody that wants to learn wants to grow all the time you know I'm, I'm always on that personal development personal growth journey so I think it was just that thirst and that curiosity that that became became I became more aware of of what I was doing you know and and what patterns I was repeating that even in as I say what would be a good relationship I was um, self-sabotaging those and then attracting probably a not so good relationship even unhealthy and unfulfilling and even toxic uh, and then um, realizing you know the the common denominator was me and that's something that's beautifully said because you realize that it is you because you're the common denominator and you wanted something better and you wanted to grow Lynn you'd be surprised how many people don't have the self-awareness to even ask themselves that question, right? They'll date 10 other people and they say that it's those 10 people's problems where the only thing that is common in each of those scenarios is them, but they don't ever ask. No, and I think it's so crucial to not blame yourself, but um, to just take responsibility for knowing that it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility how you choose to behave and think going forward. Yes, yes. As I gave the example earlier on in my 20s when I was dating, I wasn't the man that I needed to be. I wasn't a sufficient man to command the type of relationship I wanted. I had to grow into that role and become that person. There's many people that I deal with. They'll sit back and they'll say, the perfect person has to come and find me. I'm not going to do anything. And so, well, the perfect person, in quotations now, may, may be in your view they're not looking for you. And the reason why is because you're not in a situation to be seen, right? You have to be seen to be wanted and you have to be wanted to be seen. And if people don't understand that, then it's going to be a very lonely world because the days are long, but the years are short, meaning that you're thinking, oh, I can do a lot in this day. You wake up one day, instead of being 30, you'll be 40. 40 to 50, 50 to 60. And you're going to wonder, where did all the time go? Mm. Yeah, so true. And um, you can't get that time back again. No, you can't. And that's why time is such a precious gift. It's the most valuable asset we'll ever have if we use it wisely and if we invest it wisely. 
So what's the first thing you do, Terrain, you know, when you're working with women and they're, they're telling you their story? Um, can you, you know, if we've got some listeners that can relate to what we're talking about and have been through these sorts of traumas or are currently going through these sorts of traumas, what's the first step um, piece of advice that you can offer that you can implement on the back of this particular episode? The first step would be figuring out what you're responsible for in the relationship that has failed. That's the first step for any and everyone. And I'll give you a bonus. And the second step is identifying what you want out of a relationship. So first step, what was your role in each, in the failure of each relationship? Once you identify that, then step two is understanding what you want. Get yourself a list. Train, I want these five things in a relationship. Perfect. If the person doesn't have those five things, you don't even entertain them because time is very precious, right? Absolutely. And I think for those people that instantly say, you know, that I, I didn't have any part to play in, in the relate my previous bad relationships, believe me that you do. You know, you have to be honest with yourself. You do, even if it's the fact that you're allowing that relationship to continue and it's somebody that's offering you a behavior that is totally unacceptable. Yes. If there's a behavior that is damaging to a relationship and you're enabling it, that is your role in that relationship. You're enabling that bad behavior. Now, if you're the person that is doing the bad behavior and you're not listening to the person who's saying that, honey, I don't like what you do. We all have a choice. Either we're going to stop the behavior or we're going to continue the behavior. If we can view it as that, simply as black and white, no, well, I'm going to do it sometimes, but I'm going to try my best. It's no. The person you love, right? This is the person you want to ideally spend the rest of your life with. If they're saying terrain, I don't like the way you do this. They're coming to you. That takes courage to express the emotions. Now you have a choice. Now I have a choice. Either I'm going to continue doing what is upsetting them or I'm going to stop doing what I'm upset at them. And that's the role that I have to play. If I continue and the relationship falls apart, my role was, I'm the reason why this relationship ended up in the toilet. I can't turn back and say that this person was too emotional. I have a responsibility as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing that I take responsibility for is um, not having strong enough boundaries, you know, and, and allowing myself to be a bit of a doormat in some relationships in my youth and um you know that i think is something else that probably women can relate to being in that situation as well yes i think that plagues a lot of women especially those who are so focused on potentially becoming a mother um because it's so, they want to nurture the world right they're very empathetic and they feel like they can save everyone and be everyone's emotional release but sometimes they run themselves dry because, as you mentioned, they become the doormat of everyone's problems, everyone's concerns. And just like a doormat, once you enter a house, you wipe your feet off of, you, wipe your, you clean your feet on it, and then the person enters your house, they stay a little bit, and then they're gone. There's like this revolving door for that type of person who is a doormat, who has a doormat personality. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't care for people. You should always care for your common man or woman. The question is, how much of yourself can you honestly give to every single person? Because we all have a cup, right? We have an emotional cup. We have a love cup. We have a cup of sanity, <laughs> right? Before yeah. we lose it. 
how much of that are you pouring into the cup of other people? Because there's only one person who can replenish your cup, and that's you. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important, isn't it? Just like, um, you know, when the air hostess is giving the instructions on the plane about, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first, it's the same for the love cup, isn't it? Oh, yeah, they're running around and making the making sure the mask is on everyone else. And then when a plane crashes, they're the only person who doesn't have the mask on. It's unfortunate. It is. But um, I think it's a good analogy to to give to let people know that it's OK and it's not selfish to put yourself first. No, no. Um, loving yourself. Don't ever consider that to be selfish, because if you can't love yourself, you should not expect other people to love you because you're telling the world that you're not even worthy of your own love. So what makes you worthy of the love of others? Yeah. And energetically, I don't think we realize that we're doing that, you know, and um, that's why we're getting the unhealthy or unfulfilling relationships that we're attracting. Yes. There was a time where, and we're probably going to age ourselves a little bit here, Lynn. There's a time where people talked about their problems with the person they have a problem with instead of announcing to the world that they have problems. And we've reached a situation where it seems like we don't know how to communicate, right? As children, we're taught how to talk, say mama, say daddy, and things like that. But we're not taught how to communicate my, our feelings. I don't like this. I want this. And it goes back to the boundaries, right? The boundaries um, are like a circle around your circumference, right? As children, it was called our, um, our private space, or if we didn't know the person, they didn't get too close because we we're uncomfortable. That's what we need to get back to. When someone is abusing you in some way or mistreating you in some way, or someone's doing something that you don't like, it's okay. Don't allow that in your private space. Is walking away difficult? Yes. Is divorce difficult? Yes. Is saying this bothers me, is, is that difficult? Yes. But... You have to look at it as this. Would you rather be uncomfortable, be sad, be miserable within yourself than to say something that may be uncomfortable to hear, but is going to bring you peace? That's the way it has to be looked at. What if it's a situation where it's domestic violence, where people don't want to speak up? What would you say in that situation? If you don't want to communicate to someone who, if you don't want to communicate that you're a domestic violence victim or uh, an assault victim, then you would need to either use your resources, there are hotlines and things of that nature. But the first step when I speak to the women that I deal with who have suffered that is you have to find a source of courage. And a lot of times when there's children involved, that is their source, right? The mother or the father may say, I don't want my children to see this because they're going to think it's normal and then they're going to go grow up and get a relationship that's going to mirror what they're seeing at home. You need to find your source of courage that could come within, that can be your church, your mosque, your synagogue, your temple, that can be your parents, that can be your brother, it can be someone. But the first, very first step before all of that is for you to have a conversation with yourself and say, do I want this? Is this all that I'm good for? Am I more deserving of the type of love that I want? Because being physically abused is not love, ladies and gentlemen. 
they may mask it like that. They may parade it like that. They may say that I am doing this for your own good, but it is not. Once you realize that and you identify that you're worth more than that, then you can find the courage and then you can move forward. Very, very sound, wise words there, Terrain. Thank you for sharing that. And um, for those listeners that are probably in the, those sorts of types of situations that would resonate with you and want to connect with you, Terrain, what's your best contact information? For those who want to reach out to me, I'm offering coaching and mentoring free of charge at the moment to men and women, although it's predominantly women at the moment. But you can reach me at www.behindtheshades.ca. All my links, all my information is right there. One stop shop. And you guys can reach out to me and I look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Excellent. So, Terrain, any final words of wisdom that you would like to share in terms of tips or something that somebody could implement um, after listening to this episode? Yes. For those who are looking for love, it is out there. For those who want to be loved, you are worthy of it. Just understand the type of person that you want to be loved by, what they look for in a partner, and make sure you know what you want in a partner. It's more than assets. It's more than material things. Let your personality shine and be the type of person that you want your children to date. Brilliant. Love it. Thank you so much, Terrain. Really enjoyed this conversation and uh, thank you for sharing. Thank you, Lynn. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with with you today and I look forward to further conversations. Thank you. So on that note, it just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts and until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.